0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. It's Wednesday morning. A very warm welcome to Scorebox. We've got five heads for you today and every single one of them could have been our top headline. So let's get into them here on Scorebox. Scorebox. Uh, Nvidia falling in extended trade after the chipmaker warns export restrictions will spark a significant decline in current quarter China sales, even as overall revenue triples in the third quarter. Minutes from the latest Fed meeting show little appetite for cutting interest rates in the near future, reinforcing the higher for longer stance, but giving hopes that hikes are done.
1: Binance boss CZ pleads guilty to criminal charges and steps down as CEO of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange as part of a $4.3 billion settlement with US authorities. Israel and Hamas agreed to a four-day humanitarian pause as part of a deal that will include the release of hostages and prisoners from both sides.
2: And we're live in Westminster ahead of UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement as the government touts taxation cuts and, of course, amid stubbornly high inflation.
1: Nvidia shares declined in extended trade after the company warned of a significant drop in sales to China in the current quarter on the back of tighter rules for AI chip exports. The company, however, beat Wall Street expectations for its third quarter results. The chip maker posted more than $18 billion in third quarter revenue, up 206% year on year. You were just debating um, the number of big stories we have this morning. Yeah. And video's Good one How of them. How are you, the, by the way? I'm well, thank you. And is obviously one of them around the, the AI story we've been watching all week with Sam Alt. But the other one, of course, is CZ and what's taking place of Binance, the cryptocurrency exchange. To me, the twin themes just competing the tech universe. that mean we have
0: the behemoth of uh, tech reporting Absolutely. here in Absolutely, he's back, we, he's uh, on Get the him up early, set his desk. early alarm for uh, Essex. So,
1: <laughs> so <how laughs> this NVIDIA Boy. story right, reminds me, I'm going to use a Santa analogy, given we're almost at Christmas, so someone's cut a little hole at the bottom of a Santa's sack and some of the presents are falling out, Well, the elves are quickly stocking up and just pouring as many presents as they can and through the top of the sack to top up, and that's what's happening with NVIDIA, right, it's got the generative AI chip story playing out, and it's got a hold the bottom of the sanders sack because of the, the China story that's taking place with export restrictions. That's
2: right, a 21.5% hold That's how much revenue it sort of makes from China at this point. And so it's a significant market. And I think the concern is that we saw the export restrictions come in uh, around uh, last year, around those NVIDIA chips, the H100, the most powerful NVIDIA chips at the time, being banned to China. and People thought, OK, that's fine. Uh, then the uh, the H800 came out, slightly lower power, uh, less powered chip, but also uh, one that was able to comply with export um, restrictions.
0: Sorry, I've got breaking news. It just, it just <laughs> moved on. Uh, and good job you're here, because uh, we've got three stories for you instead of two. Wow. Open AI uh, reached agreement in principle for Sam Altman to return as CEO with a new initial board. Well, you like this one, Karen. Brett Taylor's the chair. Larry Summers and Adam D'Angelo as well, as well. Now, I've just got the one flash. Um, tell you what, we'll come back to Nvidia video in a minute. Let's get a quick reaction from you on that latest flash. Open AI, uh, this is Reuters flashing mm. saying they've reached an agreement in principle for Sam. It doesn't even say Altman, just Sam, just Sam. you know, Elon, Sam. <laughs> um, to return as CEO of a new initial board of Brett Taylor, chair Larry Summers and Adam D'Angelo. Um, what do you think? Well, this sorta of had to happen. The push the it
2: shareholders What well, the shareholders are pushing for it a lot and I think the board well, was Microsoft? outnumbered. Even Microsoft. <laughs> okay. Well maybe that was a big coup by Microsoft. Yes. Uh, but they were pushing for this. They they want Sam Altman there at OpenAI. I think Microsoft feels that this company has a lot more to give and it needs Sam Altman at the helm to do that. And I think that's partly why um, you saw the shareholders pushing. Uh, for him to return. I think the board at this point were just outnumbered uh, by the amount of people wanting him back. You stay where
1: you are for three hours today, I think it's going to be
0: that
2: kind of
1: day, okay? (laughs) This is a bit like the discussions that were taking place over the weekend that didn't happen, right? We look at the makeup of the board and Brett Taylor, someone who I've spoken to as well, he was uh, the chair over at Twitter, but also the, the co-CEO with Mark Benioff at Salesforce. So uh, another fairly heavy hit as we talk about a company that is going through a lot now publicly, big growth cycle, trying to deal with regulatory issues, keep investors happy, deal with board turmoil as well. So I think he'll be a very interesting player. Doesn't give much away at the times I've interviewed him. he's He uh, keeps his, his secrets quite close to him, I think. And that's going to be interesting given how public the nature has been around the open ai story you need someone who's going to be able to keep confidence i think internally and to stop leakages of information and
2: almost have an adult in the room i think that's yeah. sort of what this composition looks like at this point as well and it's similar to the binance story we've um, finally got an adult in the room for well, that i'll tell you what company.
0: we do we, since we've only got one flash and you've covered it beautifully already let's move back to nvidia we're going to try and juggle all these big stories let's move back to nvidia you, you guys were talking about the china angle as well Look, the numbers look fantastic. I've already seen one or two upgrades already today. I've got some other news I've got to break in a few moments' time mm. as well. Not technology. Um, but just, just give us a little bit of rum. So it's the brilliant numbers, the great suite of new chips versus the concerns about restrictions to China. Is that it in a nutshell? And that's and I think it's how far those restrictions go. As I mentioned first, the
2: H100, the most powerful chip, that was the first thing to be uh, restricted to China. Then the H800, when many thought, OK, this is great. There's a work around uh, some of these export restrictions. That then, Uh, had a a ban in terms of exports so it is a question of how far will the US government go if Nvidia continues to bring out these uh, chips designed for some of these markets that have these export restrictions uh, will the US government continue to crack down on that and that will eat away at its uh, China revenue.
1: Can I ask you about competition because AMD <clears throat> has been a competitor to Nvidia but we're also hearing over the course of this week around OpenAI AI and some of Sam Altman's initiatives that he was trying to come up with a TPU some sort of challenger to Nvidia how quickly is the competition coming through the system
2: it's coming quickly but Nvidia I think still maintains a pretty significant lead AMD will be coming to market with its ships potentially uh, later this year that will have uh, of course an impact uh, next year but I think Nvidia still remains market leader here the big concern is certainly over the longer term though. What you are seeing is this trend for companies, particularly these large cloud companies like Microsoft, Google and Amazon, looking at designing their own chips specifically for the processes that um, Nvidia's chips are able to support. And I think if that continues uh, to happen, that's gonna be a concern for Nvidia because they might not. Any um, longer need these chips from Thank Nvidia? you for
0: being on set and anticipating the fact that we're going to get an open AI news as well as NVIDIA and uh, Binance come. as well. Uh, <laughs> don't you move anywhere. You just stay exactly where you are, unless you need to go somewhere else and then come back and have collect your thoughts, because you've got right.
2: three big stories. I'm ready to rock and roll. Soon.
0: Let's move on. Federal Reserve... <laughs> That's why I love this guy. Federal Reserve, I do genuinely love him. Uh, Federal Reserve officials, in a kind of older brother kind of way, maybe an uncle. Uh, Federal Reserve officials appear to have a little appetite for uh, cutting interest rates anytime soon. That was the takeaway from the minutes of the latest policy meeting. Officials agreed to proceed carefully and not hesitate to tighten further if data goes against inflation goals. Karen, uh, the market reaction was very sober.
1: Yeah, the market's taken that inflation data and all the positive news they've seen in the data flow of late a long way. And the big question now is whether we've hit somewhat of a wall. The market uh, noting that uh, buying and selling just now alternating. And you can see down six-tenths on the Nasdaq. Tech stocks have been leading the charge of late. So we've had a dip there, 84 points to the downside, two-tenths coming off the S&P 500. So we did snap a five-day winning streak. In terms of big movers to the downside, Microsoft for the S&P 500. Don't forget, it's been one of the market leaders as we've been talking about uh, the more friendly monetary policy environment, but also the big story around Sam Altman joining Microsoft. Uh, now, potentially not at Microsoft as he goes back towards uh, helping out OpenAI, but but uh, of course, uh, the Microsoft story is one that's going to keep on unfolding at this point. He's part of the AI research team. Uh, Sam Altman's story, very much driving the fortunes of Microsoft. And as we have a downbeat day for that stock, S&P 500 also trading down tenths off for the likes of the Dow. Goldman Sachs moving to the downside as the market moved into the red. Let's take a look at Treasuries. We've seen that softness in the trade around the yield 4.41 at the 10-year, 4.88 at the short end as the market adjusts to monetary policy and digest the minutes. Steve.
0: Brilliant. Look, we've got Cole Smead with us as well. So fantastic to get his view on all these issues. Cole Smead, CEO of Smead Capital Management. Cole, we love chatting to you about a whole host of things. Primarily, we wanted to just kind of get your view on the markets and the Fed, but I'm going to take a step back. Um, We are uh, overwhelmed by a plethora of big stories, whether it be OpenAI, whether it be NVIDIA at the moment as well. I I have a question for you on technology versus the market and everything we're seeing around AI and, uh, and NVIDIA and the big tech names, Microsoft at a record high as well. Is that in itself enough to keep this market rally going of the last few days, or actually are the valuations just looking concerning for you at this stage? Lovely to see you, by the way.
3: Yeah, good to see you guys too. And I, I prefer Uncle Steve is, is the way I think about it, just so you guys know. Um, so to your point, Steve, uh, we really think a lot about what tech's actually doing in and of itself. So for example, uh, your colleague was just talking about you know, NVIDIA. NVIDIA runs pretty close to about 100% return on equity, 80 to 100% is what they'll finish the 23 year with roughly something around there. And if you look at Microsoft, if you look at Google, they don't run that high return on equity, they run about 30% return on equity. So I think the biggest problem for a tech player like NVIDIA is everyone in the tech industry knows how high of return on capital they're producing. And to quote the great capitalist Jeff Bezos, your margin is my opportunity. So I think, you know, with, with what Sam Altman was saying, he, they just see a lot of return on capital in that industry, and therefore people are going to go after it. And so, um, I, so I think we're going to see a lot more people enter that. To your point on the valuations, um, I mean, you know, Nvidia—I'll I'll use that as example—trades at fifty-six times book, fifty-six times free cash. Uh, in other words, if they do any get any competition in the future, the return on capital will go down, and the valuations will. It's just a matter of when, not if. And that's the problem really for the market: these trillion-plus dollar market caps are the linchpin in this whole game right now. Right.
1: Cole, we've got another flash crossing the wires around the OpenAI story. And this is from Sam Altman himself saying he's looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building on our strong partnership with Microsoft. Again, a nod to perhaps changing fortunes here because the latest news flow we had was that uh, Altman was uh, going to be joining Microsoft. Now, such an just out on the wires saying, Sam, Greg, and I have talked and agreed they have a key role to play along with the OpenAI leadership team. Uh, Greg Brockman on Altman uh, returning as OpenAI CEO says, we'll come back stronger and more unified than ever. This is all just crossing the wire. So Satya Nadella, I think this is key here, talking uh, about his conversations with Sam and Greg, saying they've talked, they've agreed, they've made, they have a key role to play alongside the OpenAI leadership team. So uh, Cole, I think the market has been moving so aggressively on this story. They've been looking at Microsoft stock. They're looking at uh, the, the fact that the company had put so many chips on the OpenAI story and we're quickly trying to grapple with the changes here and bringing Sam on board along with some of his team. Now it seems as though perhaps there might be a reversal taking place here. How are you thinking about what's taken place at at OpenAI?
3: Yeah, I actually think a lot about the soft power that Microsoft's exerting that to your point, I mean, think of the whiplash of the last week in this discussion. The idea that Microsoft is not exerting their force on what's supposed to be a major growth part of the tech industry uh, just seems foolish. So I, I think if I'm Lena Khan sitting at the FTC, I'm watching this whole saga, looking and saying, well, if open AI is going to be a leader in what we do in generative AI and things of that nature, um, it looks impossible that a monopoly will not be involved with it. And I think that's a big problem for Microsoft. They are leading this discussion front to back. I mean, just to give you another example of that, Karen, in the last uh, two weeks here, I think it was report reported over Bloomberg primarily, where um, you know Google's sitting in their antitrust case and they're talking about Apple collecting 32% of the search revenues that Google gets from iPhones. So I think we're continuing to see these powers and seeing their force in these industries. And um, the question is, are we gonna have anything but monopolies in the future? And therefore, what are governments gonna do? And I think that's a very dangerous thing for these big players.
1: Cole, is it a signal of too much hype around the AI story that we're so fixated on the Sam Altman fortunes here?
3: Well, I, here's how I I don't think it necessarily about Sam Altman. I think about it as if you go to anyone right now, Karen, and you say, "Hey, what is your optimistic view on AI?" Well, I mean, they don't really have a pessimistic view. It's all optimistic. It's all very blue sky. That's where business pops out, right? It doesn't it doesn't pop out when you have a lot of problems to solve in the future. So we're in this really blue sky world where no one can really say anything wrong about the future of this industry. And the problem is what things are around the corner that we just don't know, what shortcomings are gonna be found, back to the competition question. So I think though, there's a lot of things that people are not contemplating on that. And it's it just like, I mean, think back to three years ago, no one would have sat down and said, gosh, you know, we're gonna have the craziest rise in rates we've ever seen. We're gonna destroy certain parts of the developed world's bond market. No one would have made that case but in the reality that's the world we live in the volatility of things are far greater the future's always unknown and pre- people are treating you know open ai generative ai the story of nvidia things of that nature like it is foreknown that's foolish humans can't know that
0: on, let's get back to um, the other stuff. Um, look, you and I have had some brilliant arguments, debates, uh, ruminations about the consumer and U.S. economy uh, over the last couple of years. And I've loved every one of them. Where are we now, Cole? I, I'm, I'm struggling. I see tensions on one side, but I see near full employment on the other. Is the Fed doing the right thing?
3: Uh, so the Fed has done what they can. And to be downright honest, I mean, uh, I, I think Jay Powell's done about as good a job as you can. It's a terrible job to have. Um, really, their only fault was being too late. And that's you know why they had to be so aggressive on the short of the curve in such a short amount of time. Um, now, that being said, um, this is not their problem. It's government largesse. And by the way, this is not just a U.S. problem. It's a, it's a Western government problem. Uh, to throw out a really good book to you, Steve, I just got done reading uh, The Myth of American Inequality. I mean, I would argue we don't actually have a, a low income in America because they actually get middle income wages with government stimulus even right now. So I point that out because that's really the strength of the consumer. The government largesse is there in the lower end. And then obviously, you know, higher incomes are doing just fine. They have a lot of savings still pent up. And that is the Fed's biggest problem. How do they stop that consumer? Here we are in the Thanksgiving week. You go to an airport right now, it slammed. Two weeks ago, it was slammed. And that's been a pretty good litmus test of how the consumer sits. So, you know, like we've talked about, Steve, the housing was supposed to hurt people if rates rose. That didn't happen. Right. We have this coming recession that's been coming any quarter. And yet we've been sitting there waiting for it for two years. So the strength of the economy is really the Fed's problem as well. And therefore, the question is, you know, who's been losing out on chances to make money tied to this consumer who has been in this impenetrable, impenetrable position?
0: Um, let's get into nitty gritty. Uh, one or two stocks you like, uh, Oxy, BAC, these, these are big names.
3: Yeah, these are big names, but we've also done a lot of work in the regional bank space. So we we don't we have a couple of positions that we can't disclose till I think it, it'll come up like December fifteenth is when our disclosure come out. But we've been involved. We've been getting involved in the regional bank space, um, and not dissimilar in our in our ex-U.S. portfolios, David. You know, go back sixteen months, go look at the European banks like in places like Italy that no one wanted to touch anything out there, and you can find some of the best money made in the world in places that no one wanted to be involved in. And so I think that's a pretty good guide for where you can take far less risk and make far better money in this world. And, um, and 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 given financials are very economically sensitive and that's a risk that no one wants to take right now. So I think those are really good risks to look at.
0: we got to go, but I've got 20 seconds left. Is that what I think, because I'm Uncle Steve, I've been around a long time. Is that what I think it is over your right shoulder? Because if I'm right in thinking, I hope it's not the original because that sells for millions.
3: Uh, that is what, the, that, that, that's the thing that's, that dreams are made of. To your point, Steve, so no question about it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Bogart fan and we own Warner Brothers Discovery and so I, I, I can't help but have it.
0: Yeah, I, and for those who haven't been around like I have, it is one of the best films of all time. The Maltese Falcon, yeah. Peter Lorre. Ca- Casablanca's up Humphrey there too. Bl- Casablanca's uh, up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. looking at you, kid. Uh, lovely to see <laughs> Thanks, Cole, always a pleasure. Uh, Cole Smead, CEO of Smeed Capital Management. I'm sure he'll play it again at some stage. Play it again, Sam
1: Altman. I was going to say, is there a segue? There is a segue. Play it
0: again, Sam Altman. Right. Uh, We don't make this stuff up, you know.
1: Let's just recap the audience. It's been such a big week, such a big weekend. And, you know, the developments still are crossing the wires this morning that effectively OpenAI has reached an in-principle agreement for Sam to return as CEO with a new initial board of Brett Taylor. You know the name, uh, ex-Salesforce CEO and ex-Twitter chairman Larry Summers, you also know that name, and Adam D'Angelo, one of the existing board members. That's been part of uh, some of the uh, issues taking place over the last couple of days. Now we do have a comment from Sam Altman on X. He's posted to the site saying, I love OpenAI and everything I've done over the past few days has been in service of keeping this team and its mission together. He goes on to say, when I decided to join Microsoft on Sunday evening, it was clear that this was the best path for me and the team. With the new board and Satya's support, I'm looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building on our strong partnership with Microsoft. So just to that point uh, with Satya's support, so obviously hitting the deal recently, to join Microsoft uh, and the research team over at that company. So Satya is still having a key role here. Satya Nadella has also commented on the platform X saying, we're encouraged by the changes to the OpenAI board. We believe this is a first essential step on a path to more stable, well-informed and effective governance. Sam, Greg and I have talked and agreed they have a key role to play along with the OpenAI leadership team and ensuring OpenAI continues to thrive and build on its mission. We look forward to building on our strong partnership and delivering the value of its next generation of AI to our customers and partners. So Arjun, you've been looking at all this too. Do we just assume then that Sam is not taking up that role over at Microsoft or is he doing a role internally as well as the CEO role now on the partnership? I think we're gonna
2: have to wait and see. We know that OpenAI and Microsoft have been working very closely together. I assume if Sam's back at uh, the helm of of OpenAI, uh, that partnership the two had uh, going forward will continue, and and perhaps even stronger, given the the sort of power Microsoft showed in this entire episode, uh, to be able to almost pull the strings to some large extent and get what they wanted, which was Sam Altman, Greg Brockman back at the helm of OpenAI uh, and continuing what they're doing. And I think it underscores uh, as well, how important Nadella sees OpenAI to Microsoft's future in terms of how they continue to develop, develop these applications and, and attempt to stay ahead of other uh, cloud competitors like Google and Amazon as well.
1: Ila Um, Where does it leave him? The chief scientist. Uh, Don't forget he was a key player. He had sided with those board members that got rid of Sam Altman but then uh, flipped and was with the employees. We're obviously looking at the big amount of money they were leaving on the table and so he's flipped back. But does that mean some of the conflict has gone away or is there still some with those board members who effectively sold Sam out originally?
2: Yeah, I think there's there's going to be a lot of tension. I think this is going to go back to normal uh, and sort of be business as usual. There's going to be a lot of tension going forward. I think um, his position is still I guess up in the air and and, and how he sort of fits back into the fold. Uh, But going forward, I think what this does do uh, is give Sam Altman almost a little bit more power now given the fact that Nadella and Microsoft stood behind him, got him back on the board. And I think uh, in terms of some of those tensions, perhaps they will be reduced. Perhaps it gives Sam that sort of, uh, that that power, that little bit more leadership role uh, and less power to to the rest of the board.
1: Larry Summers, just quickly, he was talking about uh, what AI would replace. So that's interesting as we talk about some guardrails now on the safety of AI. Arjun, thank you very much. We'll pick on this uh, later on in the morning. Now coming up on the show, OpenAI brings Sam Altman back. In a shock return following Friday's Ulster we're going to continue to cover that story throughout the morning. Plus, the latest blow to the crypto world, Binance CEO CZ steps down pleading guilty to criminal charges as the crypto platform is hit with a record fine. And we're live from Westminster ahead of this afternoon's autumn statement. Sylvia is on the ground leading our coverage with a slew of guests, including the leader of the Lib Dems, Ed Davey, that is coming up at 10.30 CET. Binance CEO CZ has resigned and pleaded guilty to breaking US anti-money la- money laundering laws. It's part of a wider $4.3 billion settlement which will see the chief executive personally pay a $50 million penalty. US prosecutors said Binance, which once controlled more than half of the cryptocurrency market, broke anti-money laundering and sanctions laws and failed to report suspicious transactions arjun another big one we're looking at today you know crypto has long argued it's tech for good but this story is about tech for bad and as we talk about crypto's links to terror financing
2: that's right and there were there were a whole list of allegations including uh, the prosecutors alleging the exchange (laughs) failed to establish an anti-money laundering uh, program and, quote, willfully cause violations of U.S. economic sanctions. Uh, There were talk by the DOJ uh, said in its filing against Binance that it knowingly and willfully caused a supply of service to Iran in breach of U.S. sanctions as well. So there was lots of uh, allegations there in their big list. Uh, And I think this is the big moment that everyone was waiting for, for CZ and for Binance, uh, this is now settled. And you're probably thinking, well, what does this mean for the crypto markets? I don't think it means much. I think it's actually a positive or, or that's the way the market is looking at it, because a lot of these issues, FTX and Binance, etc., were overhanging. And now there's sort of a line drawn under them to some extent what the market is doing in the narrative. Uh, a lot of investors in crypto are saying, well, these are the bad guys. These are the bad actors. They have done wrong. Nothing to do with Something. the market. This is just pure criminal activity. Really?
0: So all the suspicious, suspicious transactions linked to ransomware attacks, child sex abuse, large scale hacks, narcotics trade, uh, including Al-Qaeda and ISIS, that all goes away with this and what we've seen at FTX? I'm talking purely for,
2: for the price of Bitcoin here, Steve. I don't think it has any... It, it what about, hasn't what about if I have my Bitcoin,
0: in, in, dare I say, in terms we've all learned yeah. in the last couple of years, in a hot wallet? Have yeah. all those issues gone?
2: In terms Can of... Can I
0: keep my... Bitcoin. If I owned Bitcoin, yep. can I keep it in a hot wallet now? You're saying all the issues that associated have gone.
2: Not not necessarily so with, with still that's crooks security. There's there security. I can't
0: issue. have my security or my well, whether it's a security Absolutely. or not. There's another issue for yep. Mr. Gensler. Uh, <laughs> I can't have my tokens in a hot wallet because of the criminality still going on out there.
2: There's still so I mean there's, all there's still the issues, issues haven't disappeared. Not those issues. I am talking specifically here for investors in crypto when they look at this, they see this as a positive. The reason is, and well, I'm of talking to the because yeah. they own
0: crypto. <laughs> well, they see it as a
2: positive because they feel that, well, this is their narrative, no. not mine. But they say that, look, what's happened here is that these are the these are actors who are. This is nothing to do with the crypto industry. This is about uh, exchanges and certain individuals who are breaking the law. And was, this is not.
0: I don't know. If, I've said that a thousand times. Yeah. People think I hate crypto. Uh, I don't. I just don't know if it's going up or down. Yeah. So I don't really have a, a view of whether it's going to naught or a million. But what I do want is our viewers who do play in crypto to actually be able to transact like they can on 99% of other products, whether they're securities or not, again, question for Mr. Gensler, Uh, and actually get their money back or take their losses or take their profits where they this. It just seems like a, a Wild West lottery. Oh God, I've gone hot, I need to do my transaction. I need to get my money out quickly because there's the, the risk of theft is enormous. And
2: those issues haven't gone, right. those issues are still there. The risk of theft is still big and it's up to the individual wallets to, to provide that security, you have to trust that. And that's still a big issue. I think uh, crypto security in terms of, uh, you know, making sure your money secure is a big issue. There are still a whole whole host of issues around crypto as well. The legality of it or where it stands in a set of markets and the regulatory environment, that's still up in the air in many areas as well. And that's uh, looking to get resolved. Um, uh, But from a purely from an investor perspective, when they look at these stories around FTX, around Binance, Their point of view is this is not an issue around crypto as a whole. These are certain individuals, certain companies engaging in uh, alleged criminal activity, and that's nothing to do with us.
1: So (laughs) the CZ resignation and what this means for the fortunes of Binance and for the industry itself, had a conversation with an executive when everything was going down with um, Sam Bankman-Fried, and the view was that if Binance went down or something happened with CZ, then that would be it potentially for the crypto market. But obviously there's been some some, um, plain water in between. There's been some time that's elapsed. The market has dealt with the uh, Sam Bankman-Fried story, and now the Binance story has cropped up. It's amazing, isn't it, that we're not getting to the point where the market is absolutely tanking because the other major cryptocurrency exchange is facing crisis. That's
2: right. But I think the key is here that it's CZ has stepped down and it looks like they have a sort of leadership plan uh, going forward. You heard about Richard Tung, the CEO uh, now of Binance, formerly at Abu Dhabi Global Markets. We talked about the adults in the room. This is the trying to image that Binance now is trying to portray. We were a startup. We made some mistakes, by uh, CZ's words, uh, uh, and he has to take responsibility. But now we're moving forward. We're, tr- we're, we're, we're becoming more professional. And that's the kind of image that they're trying to, trying to portray now. Again, question is, are there more skeletons in the closet or not for Binance? To me, this seems like the big uh, lawsuit we were waiting for, the resolution of that. Um, and it's up to Binance now to sort of continue or, or move into a more compliant uh, mode in the U.S. Uh, and with U.S. regulators, which is, which is what I think Richard Tang's job is going to be going He's forward. He's got
1: some new best friends, doesn't he, the regulators. have spent a lot saying, of time with him now know, monitoring for five years, I think, aren't they? Five years of monitoring yeah. by the regulators. A
0: long
2: time.
1: Yeah.
0: No, no, go on. We'll carry on after. I was going to say, you and I are having a terrific row off camera as well about... What tech stories matter on what market? We'll do that on air. This I think is this is the
1: breaking news. Normally we do the argument on air, but today no, we're doing no, no. It off well, there. we'll do that
0: off because I think it's a, I think it's a really important debate, and we're we're enjoying it anyway. Well,
1: for more <laughs> on what's next for Binance as the CEO steps down, you can check out cnbc.com. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express.
0: For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com or join us again on the show with me, Steve Sedgwick, and Karen Cho, weekdays on CNBC.